welcome to the joyfulness broadcast and today we have the bundle of joy rosie rosie thank you for being here and we were just discussing how things were going for us in this these times of isolation strange times so i thought it'll be an awesome place to start how are you how are you what's your perspective on this whole isolation weird corona stuff and how are you looking at life right now thanks nick and thanks for having me on the podcast yeah um so isolation i don't feel very isolated funnily enough i've i feel really engaged i feel like i'm moving even more towards oneness with nature with the people i'm seeing when i go for a walk um i actually don't feel isolated i feel like there's a bit of physical distancing going on which is which is fine um, but i'm utilizing the time to really clear and clean internally and externally that makes sense yeah. so kind of just taking the time out to really look at areas in myself that i'm wanting to to work with and i'm also looking at stuff within my environment that i want to clear and and kind of getting rid of the weeds in the garden if you like and getting rid of the clutter in the house that i don't need anymore so it's, it's kind of a beautiful reset time i feel really blessed I'm in a part of the world that um, is not high density living and we're still able to go for a walk in nature. I live right next to nature. So I'm able to go for big long walks and mm. appreciate, appreciate the divinity of nature even more. So yeah, I, I guess what I'm thinking is what I want to bring forward as things change and evolve and what I want to leave behind when things resume and when I don't like calling it work, but when my more um, being a service part of life starts or commences again, then what I want to take with me and, and what I might leave behind, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's, thank you for sharing. You no, Rosie, you were the first person to introduce me to the, a different way of looking at the world, seeing growth opportunities everywhere i remember the yeah. first workshop and that was really the energy that you carried was around growth opportunities everything here is a growth opportunity don't take anything seriously idiots just it's all a growth opportunity <laughs> so in that that seems to be the essence of that um and i love the what what can we leave stuff what can we leave behind and having an opportunity for retrospective yes <laughs> that's really yeah. cool yeah yeah it is it's a nice way to look at the world i think you know i used to really um try to push the river uphill <laughs> before site k before my site k life i used to really try to force things to happen or um really push things to work the way i thought i wanted them to work so it was really important for me to to see the challenges or, or restrictions that came up as opportunities for me to grow and develop and and be more at peace with mm. life itself, be more at peace with myself. And the more that I did that, the more I realized that I was getting rid of my internal dialogue or narrative that was so limiting all the time. So instead of seeing them as blocks or, or 
issues or problems, seeing them as opportunities for growth really transformed the way I looked at and lived life. Yeah. Mm. A lot more joyful. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you told me now in the last advanced workshop that that's really, you, you came to that recent realization where that's really what it's about, just spreading, spreading joy. How would you word it? Spreading joy, empowering people to realize that they have joy within them. Yeah, I think it is. It's sharing the, sharing the wisdom that we all have, isn't it? Sharing, sharing the knowledge that we've all got that key within us, that we're all our own master, that um, we all have the ability to, to change what's limiting us or where we're resisting joy. So where we're resisting the, the, the joyful experience of life and the peaceful experience of life and transforming that so that we can come closer to that way of living, which is a lot more liberated, uh, um, a lot freer. I love the title of Rob Williams' book, The Missing Piece of Your Life, um, and the logo of Psyche Free Your Mind, because they both really talk to, talk to that, that we're really freeing the mind so that we can live life in a much more peaceful and joy-filled way which I think is our natural state. I think all the other stuff is just um, stuff we've accrued or uh, I like to call it inherited in a way. <laughs> we inherit uh, beliefs and perceptions and ways of looking at the world through parents, through society, through how we've perceived things when we were growing up and um, just in the moment and perceived something a certain way and that became our reality until we challenged it or looked at it in a different light. So yeah, I think it's it's beautiful just to free us to live in joy <laughs> as as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. To be joy. Yeah, I had a cool realization. Um I was just recording a video and what um arose from understanding like how we were being programming, how we've been programmed in our childhood to believe what we did. I sort of realized and that we are all intrinsically innocent. And we have the capacity to, at any moment, decide how we want to view a situation. So whether we want to see a growth, joyful opportunity, or whether we want to um, reside in the misery, it's actually our choice. And so then it's funny because I just saw the two like right beside each other that we're all innocent and we just don't know that we, all we have to do is just choose joy and choose happiness. And, and that's all that's required. And then it really seemed like a cosmic joke to me <laughs> that we have that, that. That's the funny human predicament, the funny human yeah. predicament to just, yeah. so is it, is it, so is it for our listeners who might be, you know, how is it as easy as just shifting your perspective to see the growth opportunities? How has that um, been the case in your life? Maybe if you could give us a bit of backstory about where you came from and where you are now. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's simple, and it can be fast. Using especially if we're using something like Site K, uh, the processes of change are really simple to use. They're really fast, um, so they can really help you fast track changes. I don't know that it's easy. Um, sometimes it can be, you know, you think you want one thing and then you start going down that road and then you realise that maybe that's not really what you 
we're wanting to experience or how you want to experience things. So, you, you know, it's, it's a evolutionary process like life is. I think our journey to realising that, that simplicity of self and also um, the divinity of life and, and the joy field experience of life is an ongoing process. It's an evolutionary process. Things change and evolve. Circumstances change. So it gives us the opportunity to, to figure out how we're going to navigate different situations in life. So we're not static and we're not sort of stuck in one place, doing the same thing, perceiving in the same way forever. Um, certainly before Psyche, I was a lot more challenged in life. I found life a lot more difficult. Um, I was struggling in quite a few different areas. So I really entered Psyche, I guess, from an implosion point. And people enter into self-change or self-development for different reasons. So for me, I really entered on that level. I really figured there was a lot of stuff in my life that I needed to change. Otherwise, I was not going to be living uh, a life in the way that I really hoped to be living. Yeah. So I wasn't experiencing much joy at that time. I was experiencing a lot of struggle. And... I did Psyche primarily for myself, and that was wonderful. And as life started to change, as it does with Psyche, as we, as we change our beliefs, we really do, our perceptions start to shift and change, and we start viewing things a little bit differently. And we kind of go on this little evolutionary journey where we create new normal ways of looking at things, and from those new normal ways, we can see like a more expanded view of, yeah. of the world. So we're expanding our perceptual viewpoint of life. And from that new normal, then we can really decide from there what it is we're wanting or how we're wanting to develop. So pretty quickly, I realised that Psyche was far beyond self-development, yeah. <laughs> um, which is where I had entered entered into that arena and really much more towards uh, self-realization it was a really a fast track of being able to evolve ourselves in a very conscious conscious way and that's really beautiful I think that's where life really became full of beauty for me because I've always had that aspect of viewing the world from a spiritual viewpoint. So I've always thought, you know, that we're more than just this physical body that, you know, everybody we meet is a part of the whole. Mm. And Psyche really, the principles and philosophy behind Psyche really speak to that illusion of separation that we seem to face in the Western world, especially. Mm. Um, and that coming more towards whole, holism. And once we see that we're all really the same, we're just perceiving the world a little bit differently, then we can really start to enjoy everybody that we meet and be interested and curious about the way they're perceiving the world. And maybe that offers us an opportunity to perceive things a little bit differently too. So we don't get stuck in the dogma of right and wrong or 
that mm. judgmental aspect of viewing the world we we become a lot more accepting and interested and curious about life and, and perceiving life a little bit differently so i think that's been my journey from being very um conditional and judgmental in the way i viewed the world and really trying to push it the way i wanted it to go <laughs> to be a lot more accepting at peace a lot more curious interested open ready to um, be adaptable um able to change go go with change very easily um which is really good in these kinds of time um mm. when things happen around us if we can be adaptable and really um embrace change then we find it a lot easier than if we're railing against it and trying mm. to resist it so i think that's been really curious and interesting to watch how i've just been really calm and, and centered within everything that's happened and just kind of adapted and gone with the flow and done what I've had to do um, because of the society I live in, you know, you, you I'm a, I, I follow the rules, I'm not breaking the rules, but, um, it, or the regulations. So, but being adaptable is really, is really cool. And going with the flow, um, mm. seeing the synchronicity and flow in life. It's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just spoke about that beautiful synchronicity, how it just seems like uh, everything's just taken care of. I mean, experientially, that's my point of view, that everything's just taken care of. Like I was saying, I got the last flight, last ticket, last ticket on the last flight to Melbourne. It just happened spontaneously. It was never planned. It just so happened. And like the whole airport was empty and it was had an apartment ready for me. Food was there. Everything was, it was pretty cool and you were saying you had a similar thing where the doors just closed on you something like that yeah i felt like i was i don't know if you remember maxwell smart it was that that um television series and um the beginning of the television series is he's walking along and there's tools closing behind him clanging clanging closed behind him that's uh, what it felt like coming back from my last workshop it was just like i was just it was like the universe was just taking care of everything and I just had to go with what I was, what felt right to do. And I'm exactly the same kind of catching the last planes and, you know, just being able to get home um, where I needed to be. And it, and it worked out with such flow and ease, but it did feel like the doors were clanging behind me. <laughs> I was walking quite comfortably and peacefully and the doors were slamming shut as I was yeah. going along. Wow. That was kind of um, surreal, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know what sounded to me when you were speaking was you, it really sounded like you went from a rigid place um, unaligned with, let's call them the principles of nature, yeah. non-flexibility, rigidity, um, yeah. kind of overcomplication, not simplicity, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really naming what the, what the principles of nature aren't. Um, and then you moved into simplicity and flow and cooperation and yes, collaboration. collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be really interestingly, because that's what the whole psyche is uh, kind of around built in around those principles, yeah. right? They are the beautiful principles of nature. And yeah, actually you, you really hit the nail on the head. It's, where I was so out of sync with those principles, even though I've always loved nature, 
I was always trying to bend it to my will, even timing and um, cause and effect, you know, I would kind of want life on my terms, if you like, and I, I kind of try to push to get it there um, and push myself more than anybody else. So really um, put myself under enormous pressure and judgment to get things done. So I would always get a lot done and I, I was always, um, you know, a go-getter. A go I always like to experience a lot in life, but I, it's funny because I almost get more done now in a much more peaceful, relaxed, non-time way. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting once you kind of let go and um, follow those principles and embrace, internalise those principles and live those principles, things just happen with so much more ease. Ease, yeah. yeah. So we just, yeah. I mean, that's what I've learned as well. It was, it's just the norm to think, seems that the norm is to have things difficult the norm is to um, i call it like a yang willpower power through do 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 action plan conscious mind we can conquer everything yeah. and then that yeah. the not norm is to allow things to just happen on their own i mean you tell someone you just allow everything to what what do you mean i have to control every variable <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah that's been a wonderful okay. lesson. yeah I was a bit of a control. I was definitely that yang control for sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And then you moved into that allowing, like nature, just allowing, yeah. like when the, the seed stays dormant and then when conditions are appropriate, it just blooms yeah. into whatever yeah. it's supposed to be, yeah. And taking action, I think it's not just sitting not doing it's but taking inspired action so really when that action presents itself taking the action so there's that balance there's a real balance in life where there wasn't that balance before mm. so yeah so taking That's another aspect. yeah actions in the yin way <laughs> Some, and sometimes the yang way, you know, I think um, sometimes it's really good to take that inspired action and really head down and, and fire on all cylinders to, to get something that you really want out. So I think there's um, things like, especially if you're trying to be of service in the world, there are some things that it's almost like a responsibility to keep up with you know so if people are reaching out and making contact i feel like it's a real responsibility to respond in a timely manner and hmm. um, because it's not just about me it's about the whole so i think i think some action is really good but i think it's about prioritizing and uh, knowing what is necessary and what I used to do was I would have a to-do list and if I got the to-do list done I would add more things on the to-do list you know <laughs> so I think it's a big difference for me that I don't have to be doing all the time I can just allow myself to be now and and be a lot more free form free flow in life just be yeah that's a it seems like the some like we said not really buying into any theory about anything but just looking at the situation as it is right now it seems like it's the optimal it's the optimal conditions to just be 
it's like it's like our society's been doing 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 and now potentially six months who knows um there's just this space to just be to just to just be and see how people how people can do that <laughs> start to learn about themselves or well, hang on why is it that i can't just be still with myself why why is yeah and then see where that leads see where that leads hmm. yeah yeah there's a big focus on doing in the world yeah i think i think there's also a lot of kudos for what we do you know oh. um we get that we get praised and rewarded for doing things um so maybe there's a shift there that we can just be really happy and content with ourselves just for being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for being. That's true. That's true. No one ever praises you for doing nothing. In fact, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> if I remember, I don't know if things have changed, but it was quite, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> so why, why, aren't you, why aren't you doing I mean, I remember the self-talk about not doing anything. I was like, oh my, you're, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing anything? very outcome-based society aren't we in, in some aspects um it just yeah. even yeah look at look at work and it's very results driven and time driven yeah how has your has your sense of time interesting question has it shifted has your experience with time shifted do you feel like to pinpoint that is there like less of a pressure that time has more of a freedom opportunity i think time has really changed for me so i think it almost is hard to place it so sometimes it feels like i'm just in a flow and time happens around me if that makes sense mm. and and i'm not watching the clock all the time these days, uh, even before this situation, this global situation happened, I felt like I was just living and I wasn't living to a clock. So I would just yeah, continue with what it was I was wanting to experience. And whether that was giving a workshop, um, then I would be totally immersed and engaged in giving that workshop. And that was fulfilling those moments, you know, sharing that time with an amazing co-created space and group of people who were learning this amazing gift to be able to change and transform their beliefs and perceptions to enjoy life more fully is one of the nicest things to do in life. So for me, the workshops are a very timeless place. Mm. And more and more in life, I find that I do the same. I just engage with what I am doing in that moment so so the moments become moments not time on a clock um there's quite a different it really is quite a different experience and that's been evolving over the last couple of years and what i have noticed too is sometimes the past is a little bit shady for me it's almost like i'm, I'm so content leaving the past behind that i'm more bedded into this present time that sometimes people will ask me what happened you know a year ago and I have to really think about that because kind of that was so last year so it's that's interesting that that past concept has changed in my life quite a lot whereas um, I used to be able to remember things really easily 
now it's I'm I really am more present. Yeah. In the moments, yeah. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned priorities, so it doesn't seem like yeah. remembering is a priority anymore. I mean, really, when you look, is it a priority to you to remember? Not a lot. Not not in a lot of cases. No, no. Mm. Unless it's to learn from or yeah, to build upon. Yeah. So the priority has shifted from remembering to just being. Yeah, I think, you know, I think before Site K2, there was a narrative or there's a story that, that goes along with past events. And I was really comfortable telling the story of what had happened and, mm. um, and also listening with other people. There's a lot of, there's a, you know, a lot of our conversation is story based. Um, so now I guess I'm really a bit more comfortable talking about the current story. So how, how are things and how are we wanting them to be and um, enjoying life more? Yeah. Well, I love these um, podcasts because, well, for me, what it's about is it's about our dialogue, our, our conversation and sharing a conversation with people who I see as joyful and to see you can start to get, I think it's really simple. You said it's not necessarily easy, especially if you don't know how, but once you know how, and you have a simple, I mean, for me, it's really simple. Once you know what a joyful life looks like, then you can, if you just be that way, then that's it. You're there. <laughs> it's so simple. And it seems like one of those things is the, the pressure of time, which, you know, I feel myself and, but I feel less and less of less and less of I'm, seems as I notice it, as I notice it, it just seems to fade away more and more um, and move to that timeless space where people, I, I totally understand where you're coming from <laughs> because someone might say something. And I just don't remember. I just sometimes don't remember where I am <laughs> very rarely, but it's, but it's not my priority. Whereas I think maybe even a year ago, if you found me and I didn't remember something, I would go like insane, like crazy. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Whereas now it's more like, yay, I'm losing my mind. Finally, after all this work, <laughs> are you, are you happily losing your mind as well? Is that something or am I just crazy? <laughs> no, I don't think you're crazy. I think, um, I think I'm, my mind is so much quieter than it used to be. So it used to be very busy and constant narrative, um, generally negative <laughs> self-talk narrative. So that's really calmed down. So I think losing that part of that mind chatter is awesome. Um, something I don't miss. So now I've got a, a lot quieter mind. Um, yeah, which I enjoy. I enjoy a lot, and it's and I don't need the story in my head all the time. I don't need to keep telling myself what used to happen. I think um, I'd rather imagine mm. how things can be instead. So even in this situation, I don't I I don't want to hear too much about why I guess why it's happening. I think. To experience it is fine, but to also imagine how I want it to be is probably more important for me. So how do I want this to be? How do I 
want to experience it? How do I choose to respond to the events that are unfolding? Mm. Are probably the questions that I'm asking myself and spending my time focusing on those things rather than um, the, the limiting talk about what is. So I really want to focus my intention of how I want things to be instead. And what can I learn from this? What messages have this situation got for me? What what growth opportunities have have I got to explore within this situation? And how can I be of service in this situation? I think um, one of the biggest joys in life is actually knowing that you can be of service to to the whole, to the collective, and. Yeah, that all of those things bring me more joy than than telling the story, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, losing I guess losing one aspect of mine, but focusing focusing more attention on a different part of how the mind operates. Yeah, it sounds like you've consciously shifted your focus away from the stories that which are now non-essential i guess you could say yeah to the essential to prioritizing what you do want and your ability to respond however you want yeah and and not in a pollyanna way you know not in a not in a way that is um putting my head in the sand and not seeing what's what's going on Mm. so yeah happy to happy to look at what is and and what seems to be unfolding but also spending more attention and focus on on how i want things to be instead Hmm. well i have it so i find it i find that my attitude is quite not standard so i would laugh at things that other people will not laugh at (laughs) including (laughs) the coronavirus including probably the worst circumstances possible so from how i what i'm trying to well what i've recently started to look at is really understanding compassion and really questioning questioning whether it is compassionate for me to in i see it as indulging other people's negative stories because i really see other people as as victims or not as victims but they have they have innocently chosen to 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 run that story, to run, to run that program, or really they've been uploaded with it, especially when you look at the media. Um, so I'd love to see your, your perspective on compassion and how, how do you, do you see like there's a line between indulging and how do you approach people in the most compassionate way while also really empowering them to say that, well, my friend, you've chosen this way. You've chosen to be this way. So if you want sympathy, <laughs> go somewhere else. What about, what about today? That was yesterday. What about today? That kind of attitude. I'd love to hear your perspective on it. Yeah. yeah, I think sympathy and compassion are two different things. I think sympathy is holding someone in a victim mentality that they're needing your, your sympathy um, so that you're seeing them as maybe broken or damaged or hurting. or um, Whereas compassion, you're seeing them as whole and able and empowered so i think if somebody's telling me a negative story i will i will for sure listen and if i'm 
not in agreement with the story or if the story goes on for too long and it seems to start looping i will maybe just suggest well wow how would you like things to be instead or what would you prefer and i think for a lot of people this is a different question they haven't come across very often so i think it's very common that people just loop in the story and that, that the whole conversation between two people or more people become uh, a loop of a, a particular story so i try to maybe break that loop with a question and just say yeah it sounds like you're not enjoying what's happening how how would you prefer it to be mm. if, you, if you could have it differently how would that be um yeah that's so i guess i try to be kind um, yeah, right. and, and not force my perception onto other people but I also don't want to be listening to to that looping story for too long because I don't find it um, helpful, and I don't find it um, I don't find it enjoyable for myself. I, I can get a little bit tired listening to something that's just being repeated a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's so a very like. Yeah gentle and compassionate way to go about it which i shall now <laughs> go about because sometimes i could be ab abrupt and just say that's your problem <laughs> and laugh <laughs> and i can see how that would be perceived as not a nice thing to do so but i, I actually have learned through psyche through you through duccio just the power of a question which isn't something i necessarily considered um i was just um walking when i was on my walk before what i a realization came was after i did a psyche session with someone is it's really easy to try to fix a problem or not fix a problem but to to just tell a solution to someone to just give a solution what's a lot harder is to allow that person to arrive at the best solution for them on their own and mm -hmm. you you seem to really have like mastered or really day and day more, I assume. It's an evolution, like you say, but really mastered that um, ability to allow, empower people with, uh, with the ability to realize stuff on their own <laughs> through your questions. So is there some secret you'd like to share or some, some stuff that you consider, stuff that you avoid, something you consider when you approach someone? Yeah, I, I think I've just been evolving that aspect of how I interact with people over the years. There's a beautiful word that we use in Psyche, it's a Inuit word called Isumatak, and it means the holder of the space where, where wisdom is revealed, holder of the sacred space. And I think I do that really well in a sight case session with people. I really hold the space so that they're realizing their own wisdom, their wisdom is coming forth. And more and more, I'm trying to be in a sumatak in everyday life where I can allow my wisdom to be revealed, nature's wisdom, wisdom to be revealed and other people that I come, come into contact with. I think to be a really, to be, the best isumatak you can be in life is a real uh, inspiration. 
So for me, it's something I aspire to, to just to really develop myself as the best Asumatak I can be for myself and others. And I try to steer away from telling anybody they should do something or they mm. have to do something. Yeah. Or I really try to now ask a question and I really hear it from other people now when they're telling me that I should do something or I need to do something. Or so if I'm starting to, to get that language from other people, like I, it almost sounds really funny to me now because it's so different to the language that I use and it stands out when I hear it from other people. So I, I start, I'd laugh a little bit at that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they're the, they're the things, they're the tips that I would give or they're the encouragement that I would give or the offering. So I like to even call them, I would offer that way if people enjoy that way of being, then I would offer to try to be a really good sumata for yourself and for other people. Mm. Hold the space. Just hold the space. Hold the yeah. space. Yeah. That actually, yeah. Um, it seems like a much more, what came to mind was it's like a very sacred way of going about life by in, in that, in the regard of you're really holding, you're kind of reverencing. I mean, you are, you're, rev, you're holding all of life in reverence and, coming from that positionality of humility saying i don't i don't know you know <laughs> or like it's your your inner wisdom and allowing uh, allowing again rather than trying to force your own will what you think yeah. is best um upon others yeah that's been um that's been an amazing i mean psyche you know it's awesome but i see it more you have the tool but i think that the asimitak space for me, that's been one of the most valuable uh, things to learn about in any area of life to allow, to allow others to just speak their truth. And then when the truth seems to be revealed, it's like all conflict is resolved. Um, yeah. It's something that I've learned in, uh, in I, I believe that in relationships I, I, or any relationship, the conflict arises from a misunderstanding is what I've come to just observe. So I'm not even sure if believe, believe is the right word, but an observation I have made is that there seems to be just a misunderstanding between people. I mean, you take like an angry conversation, someone's expressing their anger and it's just perceived as though they're angry at that person, but it's really just a projection of their own internal state. I think it's a t attachment is really... Mm. When I've noticed that too, when I've noticed myself resisting something in a conversation, in a relationship with my kids, with my parents, with my family, when I look at it, it's like I'm attached to an outcome. So mm. it's not that they've said anything wrong. It's just I'm attached to, to the yes or the no of the conversation. And if I'm saying yes and they're saying no, my attachment to my yes is strong so i'm feeling that um <laughs> discomfort if you like so i get really curious with myself and say why why am i so attached to what i think i believe and i think sometimes it's just we've got all this knowledge that we've accumulated over life through school or through you know university through conversations and 
we think we know stuff and then we get attached to what we know instead of just using what we know and being open for it to change uh, so there's an attachment if you like to what we think we know and then when that gets challenged sometimes there's this misunderstanding happens so i think there's attachment has something to do with it as well there's a misunderstanding because of attachment to what we think we know yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense yeah no it does it kind of sounds quite funny like a funny situation yeah. like a bit of a comment yeah, when you look at it from an observer point of view and yeah. from a non-attached point of view then it becomes just really funny but mm. if you're in it and you've got that attachment then that's that's you you kind of identifying with it in in a way yeah that's true well that's why that's why i laugh a lot is um well for example i was watching the news i don't know how this is going to sound i'll say it anyway i was watching the news and i I was just, um, I saw someone crying and I was laughing. <laughs> like they, they lost their job. And I'm just going to speak from the absolute sense is that once we, you know, okay, so you lose your job. That was yesterday. Now what? When, when I'm from, from me, when I look at it from the non-attached lens, it just becomes obvious that um, it's just like the inner child just kicking and screaming about and letting it, letting it out and it's really funny it's just really funny and i can't help but laugh i mean for me one thing i've recently decided was i'm going to own that part <laughs> who cares what people think if they think i will go you know good on you <laughs> um yeah so it is that it's funny how simple the attachment stuff is because it yeah yeah, yeah if we're and some people will experience it differently you know i think it's that same thing it comes back to this perspective if people are really scared of death then that gives a perception then of, oh my God, I might die from this virus. So that this fear can come in with other people are more comfortable with the concept of death and don't have that attachment mm. to it being a bad thing, that it, it might just be another chapter or it might just be another, another evolutionary cycle. Then all of a sudden that perception of the virus becomes a bit less scary um, mm. On, on that level so we can both see you know so many different ways of viewing a situation or perceiving a situation and that perception then is it is a filter on whether we're experiencing that situation in joy harmony peace as, as an opportunity and a different way of experiencing life or whether we're perceiving it as something to be really scared of because it might go down a track that we're really trying to avoid um, because we're scared. Mm. So yeah, same with that losing the job, you know, some of us might lose a job and, and say, okay, well, this is an opportunity to maybe do something different and maybe, you know, work from home or try something different that I haven't done before. We're so lucky in Australia where, um, We've got help if we if we lose hmm. work. We've got at least some sort of financial support. Most of us, I think, um, it, it's available. So it, it kind of gives us that buffer, I guess. Um, whereas if we don't really want to live on the street without anything, it might be a bit more challenging. If that was the reality as well, hmm. yeah. But again, again, it comes down to yeah. attachment. Yeah, I was about to say that it's the attachment. If if you don't want to live on the street, yeah. You, you do then it's not a problem <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's really that's no, it, it an opportunity yeah. yeah yeah 
an opportunity yeah. to discover a new part of yourself. You could say, there you go. I've mastered the worldly life. What happens when I have nothing? Let's learn. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Transforming. Mm. Well, you transforming perceptions. Yeah. Transforming yeah. perceptions. You mentioned death, and I think maybe that's another, another what I'm come to learning, is it's another key part of a joyful life. A characteristic is a relationship with death, and yeah acceptance how has your relationship with death changed i think very in, i'm very whole brained so I, I don't um i don't get very emotional or scared of the idea of death i think it's something that we all share as part of the human experience is it's we're going to die sometime so um i don't i don't worry too much about death, I, I spend more of my focus and attention on enjoying the moment and looking at how I want to experience life while I'm in this 3D reality mm. experience. Yeah, so for me, death is a bit unplugged. I'm not plugged into um, the fear of death, so which is really nice. Yeah. It very and again very liberating it i think once you reach that at peace with concept then it'll it frees you up to be more engaged in life mm. how about you Nick? i'm honestly looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's one of the most wonderful mysteries of life isn't it it's uh yeah. it's, it's depends on how how you look at it um but for me i it's one step i think ramdas puts it really well one step closer to home one step yeah. closer to home <laughs> one step closer to home it's quite and it's inevitable right so i mean this is another way i guess you could look at it is it's inevitable may as well be like happy, joyful about it may as well walk gracefully into it as gracefully as you can take it as the ultimate opportunity to ask yourself well Am I able to gracefully approach death without, without a twitch, just stare it in the yeah. face? And am I able to do that? Only time will tell. Only time will yeah. tell. Um, yeah. I've started to notice that in a lot of my previous I guess, conversations with people, invalidations come in the form of um, hypotheses. Like for the example with death, um, there are, you know, someone might say, okay you're really joyful but what if you're facing this circumstance under these conditions and for me, i don't know for me i have recently started to see that the only honest answer to that is i don't know the only joyful answer to that is i don't know because i have no idea and yeah. i think what i realized recently is the only thing i can say with absoluteness is that i just have trust and faith in myself I just have trust and faith that I will do whatever I do. Um, what does that like resonate with you? That kind of changing, seeing the more subtle aspects of life, starting to notice these yeah. things. Yeah, for sure. I think um, as we clear away the debris in the mind, we're more able to see the subtleties. Mm. Yep. And I think 
similarly I say I don't know quite a lot more than I used to I'm really happy to say I don't know because I think I don't know a lot of stuff mm. um, I, think, I think that's a really honest answer to a lot of questions <laughs> yeah. so, and I think that it comes back to holding space for somebody else and their journey because I think I can't know what how they perceive the world the only person that knows how they're perceiving the world is them so if I try to tell them what might be good for them or what might be helpful I'm robbing them of coming up with a truer a truer <laughs> wisdom for themselves mm. um, a more expanded viewpoint for themselves so I think yeah, I think being in that space of not knowing is lovely and being comfortable with it, being really comfortable with not having the answers mm. um, and, and just enjoying the journey more and evolving yourself so that you can see with a more expanded viewpoint and that you can share in other people's experience. I think that's the biggest joy for me To I really, instead of me trying to get people to understand me and be able to see my point of view, I'm really comfortable now sitting back and listening and being really curious about wondering how that person in front of me is experiencing the world because I see them as just another aspect of myself, seeing life from a different point of view, from a different angle. So it's such an opportunity to, to share mm. that, that experience of life. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite beautiful. Yeah. In terms of the different aspects, it feels like every, every workshop, psyche workshop or like any other kind of that sort of realm, um, I would call it spirituality. Uh, it seems like there would, there would be this feeling that everyone is representative right there in the room of a different aspect of myself. And then it's like this opportunity to, uh, understand a deeper part, of myself and therefore of them. And it's like come to realize it's not, not, a, not a difference at all. It's about absolutely the same thing. Absolutely the same thing. Psyche really leaves you the advanced workshop really left me with, um, it, it really helps remove that illusion of separation even more because you have this, those listening and don't know, you have this protocol where you can, basically turn into someone else's subconscious <laughs> or not turn into, but be, be like a receiver. I guess that's the one kind of tune into their frequency, do the changes. And for me, it's wonderful because it's easily verifiable because <laughs> you just do it and you see the changes. It's quite really leaves you with um, less and less of the filter of separation, less and less of those illusions. It's quite, and you live in that world. You live in that world of psyche. Okay? I know I feel really privileged and I I'm trying to think I think it was I was listening to dude I think it was Ducho who said that we're so lucky we swim in this ocean all the time as instructors we're just swimming in it when we don't realize how blessed we are you know so other people even though they've learned it aren't swimming in it as fully as we are we can take that for granted a little bit um so I'm really encouraging facilitators everywhere just to use it, keep using it. And I use it for anything that's creating stress or discomfort, just transform it because you can. Um, 
and I take it for granted because it's the first tool that I pick up whenever I feel any discomfort about something. I get really curious and think, okay, I can, I can really choose how I want this to be instead. And then I use the site K processes to, to transform it. I think it's not as natural to pick up the tool for other people. Mm. Um, so yeah, I do. I, I swim in the ocean. I swim in this beautiful ocean of Site K, yeah. which is uh, a really nice ocean to be swimming in. Yeah, <laughs> and empowering others. Um, yeah, you were saying that the joy of service. I think for me, one of the greatest joys, the which I've come to realize, is yeah. the empowerment of others. Yeah. Mm. yeah, you don't even need to know. You know, one of the beautiful acts of service in Site K is something called the Gaia Project, and I think. For me, that's so beautiful because you can you can actually be of service. You don't even know how, where or why. <laughs> you just know that you are. You're holding this beautiful space. You don't even get to see the outcome. You don't even know who it's benefiting. And I think that's just the most pure, the pure way. Yeah. It's actually a pure way of being of service. So I love that. Um, I love that concept and I, I love doing that as well mm. yeah because i think that's the for me that's the balance between uh, curiosity and really because if you leave because curi curiosity i mean like anything if it's unbalanced will lead you into your own doom <laughs> if you follow you know if there's a sign saying don't go in this river you're going to drown and you walk there anyway um yeah. it's not really necessarily good for you and then this is this seems to be a really good counter balance to me because you're you're kind of setting aside the time to you're not doing it out of curiosity you're doing it out of pure service like you said that purity where there's not no that mind's like oh but how is this i wonder if this is happening it's just setting aside that time to just to just be and be of service and really let that curiosity just rest for a little while <laughs> and then yeah. kick back up and then kick back up yeah yeah mm. Yeah, it, can, it comes back a little bit to when you were saying you have this beautiful faith and trust in yourself now. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's part of that as well. I think it's a really nice way to be that you can really, yeah, have that amazing faith in, in yourself. I think that comes from being of service too. Mm. in a way it develops from that yeah mm. yeah i think faith and trust is in terms of characteristics of joy is really mm. like one of the shortcuts it's yeah. definitely one of the shortcuts if you can have faith and trust in for example in um in the fact that in the in someone saying or in the recognition that you have you have within you the ability to choose your attitudes at any given moment. If you can have absolute faith in that and absolute trust in that, then comes the simple realization of, I see it kind of as like the, the Krishna devotional singing, just really simple, just sing and be happy. Just that, that simple faith in that, then you can really shortcut everything and just, <laughs> that's it. You realize the truth of existence. So simple. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah. that coming uncluttered, isn't it? So that comes back to that beautiful simplicity. We mm. tend to overcomplicate so many things, and yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be quite simple. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it starts out pretty complicated, doesn't it? And then oh yeah, just... <laughs> I still I can still create complication. I generally laugh. I, I generally catch myself and have a have a. I, I like laughing at myself. Mm. Yeah, myself. That and, you bring up an amazing one, Rosie. This is important. I think this is really important to to um, for any person listening who wants to be their most joyful self is humor. You say you laugh at yourself. So you catch yourself doing something which, you know, you know, necessarily doesn't lead to joy, (laughs) but instead (laughs) of guilting about it and being like, Oh, you idiot. You just laugh. Right. Isn't that one of the other simple ones? It is beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's so much more fun to laugh than to have such a negative, um, judgmental inner voice. You know, it's really nasty to myself actually would talk to myself worse than I would talk to anybody mm. and um, it's so nice to have this um, inner companion who's quite happy to laugh <laughs> to laugh with me when I do something stupid or complicated or yeah, yeah unnecessary <laughs> yeah I think laughter is amazing it's like just that image of the Buddha laughing you know <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah yeah really good but yeah good visual for sure yeah 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 so i think i think you are you you were the first um to me the first really at least conscious uh, when i was aware of encounter with joy so that's why this is awesome to have this recording for people um because you were that that that's the first opportunity when i first did my first psycho workshop and you could really I mean, that's when I started to understand intuitively, experientially understand energy and stuff, because you could really, it was really obvious that in like this environment and like in a workshop environment with all these amazing people, all kind of on that same, same path, same desire, uh, intention, you can feel it's like so energized. And then, and then I would leave and it would be a bit different. And then I'd kind of forget about it. And then I went to the advanced and again, I'd feel so energized. And then what's been awesome is to like uh felt, felt there's been recently a stage where that that kind of energy where it was the group energy has now turned yeah. into like normal life <laughs> <laughs> it's been so cool it's been so wonderful but it does seem like that community aspect is really it's been so helpful it's been so helpful um in my own how, how you you're i mean you're surrounded by like rob williams and Bruce, i'm not surrounded but you you know these wonderful Psych K people, do you? We're all wonderful Psych K people. Being surrounded by, I just think being surrounded with with facilitators is just awesome. Rob is one of the most inspirational people I've ever met. Um, For me, he's just such an amazing, amazing person. I feel really lucky, feel really blessed to to get to see him um well, i've been we, we try to have a like instructor seminar every year and i haven't missed one yet but we might not have one this year because of the the situation that's something that i really miss because i look i really do look forward to that um so yeah he he really is an inspiration and you know for for people that want to get to know him a little bit more there's a beautiful interview series that they can watch on the video because it 
can really understand the wisdom that just seems to come so effortlessly mm. out of his mouth. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really feel blessed and, and honoured to be able to experience. Mm. What, and if people, said, if people yeah. want that video, they can just type in Rob Williams on YouTube. Yeah, I think, yeah. Rob, Rob Williams site K. The, not the actor though. Not the actor. <laughs> not that no, not Robbie Williams or not Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit confusing. You type that in on YouTube and you get that. That's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> Is it there? You go. Yeah. Maybe put Rob Williams and um, Psych. Psych. Mm. Yeah, he's very knowledgeable about the subconscious and amazing being able to like watch his lectures yeah and he's really passionate about you know the principles of nature and you know dispelling the illusion of separation i think they're really dear mm. dear to his heart as well yeah yeah okay all right so in terms of dispelling the illusions of separation is there any recommendations to the listeners I don't know if they're recommendations. Again, this is just my little personal journey, mm. um, which is all we can really experience and we can share that. And then if it resonates or if somebody um, thinks it's worth exploring, they can. For me, it's about love. And I, I heard these definitions of love and since that, I've always felt that there's this conditional love that we've grown up with, you know, from if we do, if we're a good person, we get loved. If we do the wrong thing, we get punished. So it's kind of, there's a love that's based on reward and punishment, if you like. Mm. But then there's this high org in, in Greek, it's called agape, which is like this unconditional love for all. And I think it's kind of like the God love, if you like. And I think for me, the more that we can embrace this concept that love is not just for one person or just for our family or um, we don't love one person over another person. So we, and that includes ourselves too. But if we can come from this space of accept unconditional love. So seeing, seeing, that the person in front of us is everyone in one. So the many in one, and they're also the one in many. So basically seeing beyond the human doings mm. and seeing that beautiful spiritual being having a human existence. So if we can come from that space of unconditional love, then I think we can dispel that illusion of, separation but again that's my this is my filter of perception at the moment this is my the way i'm ex i'm challenging myself really to grow and evolve and to to remove anything that's counter to that so when i feel like i'm not coming from that space then i look at why not and try to try to transform that to how i want things to be instead in that particular situation so it's a choice for me for me my choice is to to really be able to perceive things with that unconditional love mm. yeah it does come back to choice but that that does resonate with me in terms of that really simple thing just like love 
that <laughs> love um, and really dispelling all illusions and seeing the essence rather than what you I mean because perceptually everything seems separate but if you look to the essence yeah. it's like I was just sitting on a bench before and I was just taken it was just so beautiful and I, the beauty started to radiate even more and then there was just this simple really simple recognition that like it was all like uh like you can imagine if you put like your frames you know like your fingers into a little picture frame and you put it in front of your eye and you look outside and you see that it's all like one thing it's not yeah. there isn't an, any individual thing it's like it was really strange i could actually i recognized the earth i was i recognized that the earth was and and the trees were all one thing and then these people walking on them were like one thing that there was nothing that was quote-unquote had a separate existence um it was just a simple recognition it was so beautiful i was just really happy to be able to recognize to have been graced with that recognition um it just leaves you just with incredible love towards everyone you just want to, everyone just i don't know about you everyone looks adorable everyone just looks so adorable <laughs> it's like you're in love with everyone at all times it's absolutely amazing and probably scares some people <laughs> but that just speaks to our the norms of our society um and yeah i mean that that's so simple i totally resonate with dispelling the illusion of separation just by not trying to but instead by just um seeking to embody love like you said notice any time that that's what i do as well if i notice that if i'm not being loving to someone oh man i'm not it's not nah <laughs> it's like there's actually a real discomfort to it there's a there's a discomfort and then yeah. and then i find myself catching i recently caught myself if i was getting guilty about it and then i'm like oh damn it no no no. <laughs> and then you laugh <laughs> yeah then you just laugh at yourself yeah yeah. Mm. yeah mm. that's awesome yeah do you find that the, the whole world looks it just looks loving does that resonate with you like you can yeah most of the time there's still times not okay um and and as you say they that feels my awareness of those is really big i think because i'm living in experiencing life not like that most of the time so when those mm. times do occur for me it's like oh that's really curious what that what's that about what's that bringing up in me for clearing or cleaning yeah. or transforming um looking at if reperceiving <laughs> is a good way of putting it yeah so it's a really nice way to live mm. i think it's an i think a lot of feedback i've had is that you know don't you still believe in this special love for, uh, for certain people in your life and i i find that really interesting because i think if we have this special love for one person then it's it's putting a condition on that love ah. in, a, in a way so yeah. it's making me really think of how we use that word love in society and what we mean by that word mm -hmm. it's got yeah. a lot of different 
meanings. Yeah, we've all kind of made an agreement of what love means, and we've all got a different agreement. <laughs> so, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Well, my my view is quite simple. It's just that love is love, and then on top of it, you can have additional layers. So you can have love, and you can be in a romantic relationship. Or you yeah. can be in love with the whole world and not have any romantic relation. It doesn't, again, like you said, there's not that like conditionality, which is about that unconditional love. But I think that just, yeah. that just goes to show that unconditional love is not, is really something that is quite precious on um, when it is encountered because it's just so rare. Um, yeah. So rare to experience, but it's definitely, I mean, in those, I've had so many, it's had those beautiful moments where you're like just overwhelmed, you're overwhelmed with love. And there's absolutely no sense of any separate separation at all. There's just like a, a completeness is probably the best way I could, could describe it. And it's like, anytime you're not there, it's just, it's not, it's a, not, not as nice. (laughs) It's not as nice. And it's like, like for me, I find it like an automatic magnet pulling me back. It's like, it's so that I don't have to go about it from a willpower way. I just have to kind of let go and be swept back, swept back and back. Yeah. Allow it. Yeah. Allow it. I think for me, it was really interesting. It was that it was actually at a workshop where I realized that, I felt uncomfortable being full of joy that it, mm. it felt like I couldn't contain it. <laughs> and um, that was really interesting for me because it was like, Oh wow. It's almost like I'm fighting being full of joy because it doesn't feel normal. And it feels wow. a little bit uncomfortable because it's not familiar. Um, so there was almost this opposition to in myself to to experiencing that joyfulness so that was something else that was an opportunity for me to transform that that it it was comfortable and easy and natural to experience joy yeah as a natural state as a state not natural and then look at the other stuff as a not natural state yeah 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 cool well i have one last segment where i ask do you have one simple action step that any from site k the simplest action that can be taken towards um maybe having a bit more joy in 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 our lives A simple action for me would be to engage in nature every day. At least set aside some part of the day that you can be, just be in nature. So it doesn't have to be a doing, but just really having that beautiful engaged time where you're experiencing nature. So it could even just be sitting under a tree or going for a walk or doing some gardening or as I said, just, just to experience nature, because I think nature is so unconditional. (laughs) Just being in the presence of nature is just always fills me with um, just energy, just this beautiful, beautiful energy. So yeah, if I had an action step, it would be to engage with nature. 
Awesome. I love that one. I love that one. Okay. Well, thank you, Rosie, for taking thank time. Thank you. Lovely yeah, conversation so about love and joy. Thank you for listening to the Joyfulness Broadcast. Now go out there, be radiant, be joyful, be your best self, and catch the next episode. There'll be at least one episode per week. Follow on Facebook to get live updates and take part in the community. Otherwise, type in Joyfulness Broadcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, and you'll find us there. Until next time.